Chris, take them. Okay. The bunker was created by the commissioner. They drafted. They debated. There were those two copies that one time. And they don't have a plan. I couldn't help but notice you didn't tell us how many survivors there are. That's a bit concerning, Ben. Theme song. Sing it there. Robots. That was that was that was an accurate recreation of the Battlestar Galactica theme song. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Draft the Universe. This is the Nerd Fight Battle Royal. This is the podcast where we pick a topic, pick our favorites, and then fight to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. I'm Jafar. I'm Jafar. What? And I'm Jafar. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> We've already done Star Wars, Star Trek. It was time we did Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We've also done Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But don't worry, I'm the Jafar that's in your head, Jafar. So you're Angel Jafar? Uh-huh. I've got issues with that. And and Ben I'm, Ben I'm, is Caprica Jafar. I'm the Jafar that gets airlocked to prove that uh, I don't care about dying. Okay. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, Ben. Chris, did you have to wear the red dress? I mean, <laughs> we both know that I... Yes, I did have to. Okay. Yeah, it's a bold choice, but it's a Jafar choice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> well, all this Battlestar talk is appropriate because we're here today to draft our favorite episodes of science fiction. This took a lot of work for it to just not be my top five Star Trek episodes. Um, I, I, same. <laughs> I love Star Trek. I am a fanboy. I admit it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I... Really? Tell me more. <laughs> well, it ain't nothing but a spaceship. Ain't nothing but a star trip. Tell you more. I never want to hear you say, being Chris away. <sighs> Tell me why you have to keep doing this, Ben. <laughs> it's my thing. It's what I bring to the table. Man. We are recording under five minutes, including warm-up and clap for uh, syncing audio, and Ben has clipped five times already, guys. It's what I do. <laughs> yep, it's, uh, he's in fine form this morning. <laughs> yep, I'm very, I'm, I'm very excited. Jovial, as it were. I, I have some really great picks. I know there's going to be a good deal of overlap, especially with Jafar. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited. I kept, I'm keeping my Star Trek picks down. Um, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but we can expect some bacula is all I'm going to throw out there. <laughs> okay. Um, so I don't I, think NCIS New Orleans counts as sci-fi, Jafar. So I don't know anything. And, and neither does Buffy, unfortunately. Because of a certain age. I really wanted to, I have, a, I have like a list of like a sub set of honorable mentions of shows that weren't sci-fi enough for me to draft and i hope we all agreed on that because if any of you take them i'm going to be upset (laughs) so um the bacula one that's star trek enterprise yes correct okay and so i was looking up some some information uh unrelated to our draft today um and it listed one of the worst episodes of star trek as the final episode of enterprise which and maybe I 
misunderstood this. Does the final episode of Enterprise kind of make it so that the whole series was just Riker watching the events that of is history? An interpretation of it. <laughs> I don't uh, feel that's the correct. I don't feel that's the correct. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the last episode is told through a framing device of Riker being there for the the final mission of the Enterprise as a way to like build his confidence during the events of a TNG episode, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, especially because it's Pegasus starring Central Michigan University alumni Terry O'Quinn. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but wonder if he'll show up on this list. I hope so. Uh, but... I think it's just that episode. I don't. I don't believe that it was the entire. Because he didn't have time to go through four seasons, and if he did, why would he for some of them? But that's neither here nor there. That's a, it's quite a backlog. He did it for the space. Page, it's quite a fair. backlog of backlog. <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate that the fact that it it has that framing device has allowed people to mentally create the canon that that is not actually how it happened. It was <laughs> because some stuff happens that in that episode that is clearly like, oh shit, we got canceled. Uh, tell the end of the story. Yeah. Uh, so it is very truncated. Some sad stuff happens that uh, people didn't want to be the canon truth. And because it's all a holodeck episode, you can have... The actual final missions of the Enterprise be whatever you want them to be or whatever they pay a writer to say they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what I hope isn't trunicated, Ben, is your first pick. I know normally we spend a lot of time bantering <laughs> Trun before. Truncated? Truncated, just for the listeners at home. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> what I say? Trunicated. Just oh, <laughs> yeah, that's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I did not. I did not follow. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. okay. I thought it was a word I don't know because my wife's an English teacher. That happens a lot. She's much smarter than me. <laughs> I, it's. It sounded like you had maybe truncated and predicated together, um, or truncated and fornicated, which is just that's a sad time. Well, is there any of that in your first pick, Ben? There's a lot of it in my show, but not. Wait, for my, fornication? Yes. I thought uh, we discussed this. Well, We Chris, don't allow fornication on our podcast. This is an all-ages podcast, Ben. There's Unless you're taking an episode of Californication, which, which isn't sci-fi, sci -fi, but has Duchovny. It's true. And he's got sci-fi credentials. One could so. argue. It's, it's Agent Mulder running away from the X-Files and living in California. How? Mm. So, okay, so David Duchovny, he's, he's a nice-looking dude. I'll grant you that. He's not that nice looking, though. There clearly is something science going on here, like some sort of magical device. Uh, yeah, it's called Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. <laughs> but for my first pick, uh, jump completed, reset the clock. I'm taking 33 from Battlestar Galactica. It's a great fucking episode. Great episode. Uh, it <sighs> is so good. The series can't as good as the Battlestar Galactica reboot is, it can't live up to how good that first episode is. That first episode is so good that I feel like everything else is not as good as 33. Uh, which, you don't want your pilot to be your best episode. Well, it wasn't the pilot, I, but yeah. 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 Um, it was actually like... Well, it's episode one. Technically, it's the third episode. Yeah, Fifth? The, fifth? Yeah, the, I think the miniseries was four parts. As oh, it's it's weird. I think they aired two parts at a time or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless. But it is it is considered miniseries and thirty three is season one, episode one. Yeah. 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 Um, and it is great. It is the Cylons are chasing the fleet every thirty three minutes. They pop into wherever you are, and you have to have everybody rearmed, reupped, and a new uh uh, escape vector calculated. Yeah, it's certainly, it sets the tone for a lot of what follows in terms of like, um, this is not Star Trek that you are watching. No. This is not Star Wars. You are not about to watch a bunch of, um, you know, like a bunch of heroes, uh, you know, showing ex exactly what humanity is capable of. You're going to see a bunch of regular humans pushed to the fucking brink. Yep. And, mm -hmm. uh, it ends with uh, finding out that one of our main characters is a robot, 
and doesn't know she's a robot, uh, and nobody on the Galactica knows she's a robot, but you know she's a robot. Yeah. yeah I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta check this, though, because you say robot, like, I don't think I've ever actually heard you say the word robot. You do know that it's actually robot, right? I gave Jafar shit for the word he mispronounced. I have to give you shit, too. I, I, I was on BattleBots. I know how to pronounce robot. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, Battle bits. Mr. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Celebrity over there. I was also on ESPN. Well, so was I, but we don't have to get into that. Um, good first pick. Definitely deserving of being a first-round draft pick. That episode's yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Um, now we only have 33 minutes to pick the rest of our uh, options before the Cylons um, show up right. in a bunker. I think we can manage that. Um, as long as I don't uh, as long praise as Ronald D. Moore too much. As long as things don't get wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey in here. Well, they're about to. Because my pick is Blink from Doctor Who. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Was, sorry, that was a joke. <laughs> um, and I believe that's actually the episode with the debut of the phrase "wibbly wimey, wobbly timey wimey." Um, How that would that would deserve some research? I think <laughs> I'm like ninety nine percent sure. Okay. Um, so Jafar, I've never seen this episode. What is it about? Um, Blink is. A bottle episode, oh. uh, which I know mm-hmm. oh, we've ben. discussed, oh, fans oh, of. Oh, sorry, you just died, Ben. I did? Yeah, you blinked. You oh, blinked. No. You Don't blinked, blink. so you can't blink. Um, this episode is great. It's got like one of the best cold opens of any TV show. It's just a character we don't know running through a house, right? And sometimes we get this in Doctor Who. We see people we don't know, and something tragic happens to them. And she's running through this abandoned house, and she sees something behind the wallpaper. And it's like, duck. She's like, huh? And she, she's like pulling out more of the wallpaper. And it's this big old warning. It's all like, you know, watch out. You know, don't, you know, the weeping angels, all this stuff. Sally Sparrow, it says her name under the wallpaper. And she's like, the fuck? <laughs> duck now. And she does. And then something flies over her head. So, I mean, it's a real strong open to a show um, of all of the time travel shenanigan episodes of Doctor Who, of which there are plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably the most shenanigansy, uh, simultaneously dependent on four different time periods, um, <laughs> while only ever really showing us one. It's also weird because it kind of implies that the doctor watched at least one go through of the time loop thing. Well, he he did. That's that's <laughs> actually a central tenet of the plot. Is um, at the also end. Also, central Smith and a central. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, at the end of the episode, the main character runs into the doctor before the events of the episode have happened to him mm-hmm. and hands him a file folder with everything that he needs to be able to leave the DVD Easter eggs that he, she <laughs> finds that eventually are their conversation taking place in 1969 and 2007 or 8, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. The whole thing's great. And I'm going to talk about how great it is next week. All right. Chris. All right. Um, wow, there's certainly a lot to choose from. Um, sir, well, there's less for me to choose from because I've seen a lot less Star Trek than you guys have. That's true. <laughs> um, but it might mean you've been corrupt, not been corrupted by it. I have. I, I've been trying to watch some Star Trek lately. Uh, mostly, I'm just busy. Um, and also I think several of the man spiders have run away with all of our Star Trek VHSs. Um, I don't know. Have you seen them? I know I lent them season one of enterprise, but other than that, I don't know. Well, a Hmm. bunch of them are like, they've like, like crudely stenciled on Starfleet, um, communicator badges onto their shells, um, or carapaces, I guess it would be. So I'm assuming that they're having a watching party somewhere in the bunker. Um, we didn't get invited. I'm actually legitimately sad about this. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the bunker, um, if there's one thing that I think has been uh, something that was uh, interesting that happened down here, right? We've been down here quite a bit. 
Many, yeah. many interesting things have happened. Um, the one thing that was really interesting was when I disappeared and was replaced by a robot yep. f- for a long period of time. And you guys didn't even notice. And you didn't come and try and find me or rescue me. Well, I mean, not noticing is dependent on us trying to find you and rescue you. If we had noticed. That's true. My problem isn't. Also, I believe our, our months long hunt for Lorianne proves even if we were trying to find you, we probably wouldn't have. <laughs> we were <laughs> cognizant of the fact that she was missing, though. And I'm kind of my problem is more that you guys didn't notice that I was being kind of arch and evil Um Regardless, uh, my first pick is also about robots, but not necessarily being replaced by robots, but robots that like, you know, they're robots, but then you start to wonder, are they just robots? So I'm going to go for, um, uh, the bicameral mind, which is the last episode of season one of Westworld. Um, it's good. Westworld was a mind fuck from episode one to finish in the best way possible. Um, it is a puzzle box of a show in, I think. W- would you th- describe it as a maze of a show? <sighs> yes, I would, but it's not a maze for you. It's a maze for me. Um, it's got Clifton Collins Jr. in it. Who's great. It's got, yeah, I mean, Rachel Evan Wood. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel Evan Wood is fantastic. I love Westworld. Um, I and I need to finish it. I think that the first... Oh, you haven't finished? We've talked about this on the show. I was in the middle of watching it when somebody who was letting me steal their HBO account uh, got rid of it. And I've <laughs> only seen like the first eight episodes. <laughs> oh shit, Ben. I'm so sorry. <sighs> it was. I was very just like, Oh, if, no! <laughs> if I got rid of it, you mean had it forcibly taken from me by Comcast because they changed the terms of my contract. I, I understand it. it Jafar, your, your contract disputes are only important is that in the, how they affect me. Fair enough. <laughs> but it is a great show. I'm. <clears throat> <sighs> okay, wow. This is going to change how I'm going to talk about this no, episode, I think. <laughs> it is my fault for not having caught up. I am not... Uh, going to have you stop talking about spoilers. It it's been months, years. It's my fault, not yours. Fair enough. Um, all right, that brings us to first pick of round two. Round two. And I think for uh, round two, I'm going to go with something uh, that broadens the scope of what we consider sci-fi. Not necessarily in terms of its subject matter, but in terms of its presentation and format. Um, Mork and Mindy? No, keep going, though. Well, Happy Days, when they introduced Mork and Mindy, and you're like, oh shit, Happy Days is sci-fi now? (laughs) I I did consider... (laughs) I did consider taking an episode of ALF. Um, That would also work. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mm. But, I don't know, I feel like we've made enough jokes about things eating cats. Small wonder? We could do small wonder. Mm. There are way more old-timey sci-fi shows than you think in weird places if you know where to look for them. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, um, I'm going to choose uh, an episode from what I consider to be one of the best shows, period. Um, and it's a distinction that I think that... I, I, I don't feel like I need to defend, but most people would would. would would require it uh, because it is an anime. Okay. And that is Cowboy Bebop. Oh, Cowboy Bebop so good. Cowboy Bebop is like my go-to poster child for describing how to not outstay your welcome. It has 26 episodes and those 26 episodes have no filler. They cover a wide, wide range of genres and storylines. There is an overarching thread that gets developed upon, um, leading to a a timely conclusion. Um, And there's just enough weird hijinks along the way, um, including the episode that I'm going to pick, which is, in some ways, uh, a tribute to other animated uh, uh, series, uh, in particular uh, to the animated Batman series. Uh, which I wasn't aware of this until I started looking into this, but the creators of Cowboy Be- of Cowboy Bebop 
some of them worked on Batman the Animated Series. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and so you, once you look at this episode again with that lens, you start to see it. Uh, this episode is uh, Piro Le Fou, um, which is kind of misnamed in English. Uh, in Japanese, um, the title of the episode is Requiem for a Clown, which fits with the rest of the episode titles all being musical related. Um, but it is one of the finest episodes of the show. It is very, very sparse. It has basically exactly what it needs to be to count as a full episode. But what it manages to do with that is kind of like textbook, like, like the, the epitome of minimalism. Uh, so it's wonderful. And I'm looking forward to watching it. All right, Jafar. This next pick of mine has put me under more pressure than I realized. Maybe it was really starting to get to me, but I was off the hook. Ah! Starfleet Command had given the plan their blessing, and I thought that it would make things easier. But I was the one who had to make it happen. I was the one who had to look Senator Vrenak in his eye and convince him that a lie was the truth taking in the pale moonlight from Deep Space Nine. It's a fake! Oh! Those were both on my list, you guys. <laughs> good. It's good stuff. Ah! I've never seen In the Pale Moonlight. It is... Um, it's probably the best episode of DS9, with maybe one exception, which we're not going to get into right now. Um, but it's also... I do not recommend just skipping to it. Okay. It, um, it takes, well, that's... Yeah. that's that is a major difference of opinion between you and I when it comes to shows. You advocate for skipping bad episodes, and I never can. I have to watch everything. Yeah, I know. I'm just, <laughs> it's its not necessarily so much for you so much as the listener at home. If you want to get into Deep Space Nine, there's a lot of really good episodes to do it in. In the Pale Moonlight is not a good episode to jump in on. I've recently been watching The Next Generation with my wife, and we got about 10 episodes in, and she very sincerely turned to and looked at me and says does this ever get good? <laughs> and so I now, I now uh, advocate skipping around some bad episodes. <laughs> and I'm going to be doing the same here. Once uh, the um, giant mess of current good television that we have, a lot of them are wrapping up seasons right now. Yeah. Once that's all over, the wife and I are going to start uh, next generation skipping through this time. Cause we couldn't make it past code of honor last time. Whew, yeah. But In the Pale Moonlight is great. It is one of the best sci-fi spy espionage stories. Yeah. Uh, the only problem is it is immediately preceded by the first episode involving Section 31. And in it, there is a <laughs> giant monologue about how we are Starfleet. We do not compromise our morality. And watching them in a, in a binge sort of session, it is just like, oh... But uh, last week you were just on your moral high horse about we don't do anything ethically gray. Yep. <laughs> Section 31, is that time travel? No, they're no. Uh, basically uh, a rogue like Secret CIA. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like They do their own thing to try and keep the Federation safe. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they've been they've done some really good stuff with them and some really bad stuff with them. Um... I I like a lot of what they've done with them, but th it is very easy for them to be uh, very Star Trek edgelordy. <laughs> like, yeah. Sure. But yeah, great picks, guys. Uh, Cowboy Bebop is great. Uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine is great. Uh, oh, I'm 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 jealous. You guys got those before you before they got back to me. Okay. So last pick of round three, or round uh, two. Mm -hmm. I know what show I'm going with. I've got two ideas for what episode. But I'm going to go with uh, Out of Gas from Firefly. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that or The Train Job. Both of those are the best of what that show is. Mm -hmm. And goddamn, it's good. 
Yeah, I mean, you picked like 9% of all episodes of Firefly by taking that. There were so. 13 episodes, <laughs> okay? <laughs> um, but Out of Gas is great. It, it tells uh, three different stories. Uh, uh, the present, the slight past, and the distant past. And uh, they write Zoe out of a lot of it because as a nice way of giving her time for her honeymoon because she just married Lawrence Fishburne. So <laughs> that's that's also just a nice thing that's like, oh yeah, she's about, like, she is shooting out in two days so she can go on her honeymoon. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but they do a lot of really fun stuff with that episode. It's hopeful and bleak and heartwarming, and I love it. All right, one more from you, Ben. Starts off round and round three. All right. Okay. Brief aside, what is the time travel police in Star Trek? Um, that's the Department of Temporal Investigations. Yes. Thank you. They wear the cool, like, gray and black uniforms, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they... Badmouth Kirk. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> the fucking hate Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I know I've got some stuff that will not be around for me to... Uh, some stuff that will not get back to me, and so that's going to be tough. But I've got to... I think I've got to make a bold move here. Uh, something that... You're going to go where no man has gone before? No. Uh, <laughs> but... I, I think I've just got to, I've got to be gutsy. I've got to be, well, I've got to be hungry to win. Yeah? So I'm taking two-serve man from the Twilight Zone. Uh, okay. I see what you did there. That is one of the best episodes of one of the best shows. And uh, for a show that is predicated on uh, twists and uh, stuff you didn't see coming... The fact that... The episode the title. Ep well, and the episode <laughs> ends, and the twist is, like, just so cool and weird that they, I believe the only time in the Twilight Zone they do this, the main character breaks the fourth wall and just, like, did you get it? <laughs> did you get it? <laughs> uh, I do have something I want to take that's got a big twist ending. Um, that no one really saw coming. Okay, so at the time, but okay, I think I'm so, gonna hold so off the, on that. So the village is a film, and also not very sci-fi. But I, I know, yeah. But I well, understand um, where you're. Is science yeah. sci-fi? Yeah, it's got aliens. Yeah, I, do yeah. aliens make something sci-fi? I mean, when they've got spaceships, yes. All right. I would say maybe Joaquin Phoenix makes something sci-fi. Just kind of, mm, he's, he's kind ambiently. of ambiently. He's kind of a weird dude, you know. That that is something that is constant throughout his career. Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah. Which leads me to my next pick. All right. Oh, but really quick, I wanted to make a joke about seeing UFOs in the film Gladiator. Oh, I, I was wondering about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. You can go. Okay. okay. Uh, thanks. Uh, no momentum there, so I'll just go ahead and get to it. Uh, my next pick is from the TV series Lost. Um, and it is the episode The Constant, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. Um, oh, look, a penny. Haha, <laughs> you should hold on to that in case you need it in the future. The future. I've never seen Lost. So Okay, so... Um, <laughs> so, I would say that m more than any other series that we've talked about yet, Lost is one that really pushes the boundary of whether or not it's sci-fi but I'm willing to accept it because there's a lot of sci-fi shit going on. Um, this um, particular episode yeah. involves an individual jumping in their own timeless timeline in between 1996 and 2005, I think. Um, 2004, 2005. I it's right before the New Year, so I think it would have been 2004. Because right. it's set on Christmas Eve. Um, so it... Um, We'll get into it next week. I don't have to go through the whole description, but it's very of the episodes of Lost that some of them maybe not so sci-fi. This one, very hard sci-fi, mm -hmm. got almost an explanation of things as much as you get out of Lost for what's going on. <laughs> so, yeah. 
All right. You know, I still have not seen the last episode of Lost. I know. I've been asking you to watch it for over a decade so we can talk about it. But yeah. at this point, I, I have it. to rewatch all of Lost. See, that's the the problem is that every time you've asked me to, that's been my conundrum. <laughs> like at this point, I think maybe I could skip the first couple of seasons, but I'd still need to watch four seasons of Lost in order to catch up and finally watch that ending. So and, I, I watched I this episode recently, having not watched any Lost in yeah. probably seven years at least. Mm-hmm. Haven't watched a single episode, probably since the finale, to be honest. Sure. Um, and I'll tell you what, there were parts of it that I totally did not get. <laughs> Just jumping midstream into season three. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there was lots of it that came to me as I was watching it. So. The, the thing about Lost is that like they might not have known where they were going the whole time. And there are a couple of stinkers. But it is a really overwhelmingly good show. And the production value that they maintained all the way through is just fantastic like mm-hmm. they it's, it's almost like this isn't something that like you expect from shows now because of shows like lost right yeah um totally like yeah before lost there wasn't like this th- this kind of show did not happen well except for deep space nine but yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> it brought it more mainstream yeah yeah I'd say without Lost, Deep Space Nine probably wouldn't be as loved as it is today. I mean, yeah. Without, without Lost to popular, popular, fuck, popularize, ugh. I even still struggle to get it out there at the end. Um, that type of television, I don't think we would look back as fondly on Deep Space Nine as we do today. Man, can you imagine all of the wonderful prestige television shows we have right now told as like episodic single like nothing like no season long arcs just like <laughs> every episode of breaking bad is uh them fu- having a different making meth adventure that <laughs> wrapped up neatly by the end of it <laughs> yeah. i mean it's probably how the last couple of seasons go chris I still haven't seen the last couple of seasons of Breaking Bad, so I'm. I have this. I have a feeling that it all turns out for the better. <laughs> well, I hope your next pick also turns out for the better, Chris. What have you got? Um, I hate to dip twice into the same well, um, but I got a bone to pick with Ben, and that is that I don't think that Thirty Three is the best episode of Battlestar Galactica. I think that the best episode of Battlestar Galactica is kind of okay so when we talk about lost Mm -hmm. right we're talking about a show where most of the major plot points weren't known ahead of time right Mm -hmm. and i think that that gave lost a certain kind of spontaneity with its revelations it allowed them to continually lay down red herrings and pick up threads that were unexpected it made the show just fucking awesome to watch right I don't know if if I, mean, I think Jafar remembers this because Jafar was Jafar actually watched back in the day the same what the same way that I did. Mm-hmm. But like, there were things in episodes of Lost that w- you would notice in the background, maybe that wouldn't be picked up as like like clues uh, or, or they wouldn't be important to plot lines for like seasons into the future. And you'd go back and then you'd see that it was there all along. Like, it was fantastic. They did alternate reality games in between the seasons for a handful of, of those, and those were f- so much fun as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, like so much of the of the appeal of Lost came out of the fact that they didn't know where they were going at first, and it allowed them to build this incredibly large, incredibly expansive um, universe. And I think that the episode that I'm going to pick, which is Crossroads, which is a two-parter, um, is also something that was built to as a result of not knowing the whole way, right? Uh, now you're talking about the Battlestar episode Crossroads, not a lost episode called Crossroads? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Talking about the Battle- <laughs> Battlestar Galactica episode Crossroads is uh, a major um, revelations episode. You have a whole bunch of super big reveals as well as like the, the pullback to show like, hey, these are the stakes. This is the road to the end of the series. So it's basically like, um, it's the point of no return, right? Like it's, there's so many things that happen in this episode. 
and then at the very end of the episode you you pull back and you you, you show hey this is how it's going to finish um we don't know if it's going to end bloody or if it's going to end happy but this is where it goes um and so crossroads is fucking phenomenal can you give any like Brief synopsis for people who may have, maybe haven't seen Battlestar Galactica. Um, maybe. Um, but we can also wait, wait do a lot of that next week. Do you guys? Okay. Do you guys? Do you guys hear that? Bum 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 No 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 no! Because the audience wouldn't hear it because they're not robots and we are. Um. Oh, no! I was just singing it, Chris. It didn't actually play. You're not a robot. <laughs> oh. Wait, no, no, I heard it. (laughs) That was Ben just singing, you're also still not a robot. (laughs) Are you sure, though? Because I'm hearing hearing it. Are you hearing it right now? I don't know. Maybe we should keep more of this for next episode, though. Okay, well, you got another pick, Chris. That is a really good episode, though. It's a fantastic episode. There's a lot going on. Um, (sighs) uh, For my next pick, I think that it's important to kind of branch out and acknowledge that sci-fi has a little bit of levity to it. It's true. Um, Not all sci-fi is super serious. Um, Sometimes the sci-fi setting is a great place uh, to do some nice comedy bits. Um, Spock's brain? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so i <laughs> fucking spock spring <laughs> so like i said in doing some totally unrelated research into uh what the worst star trek episodes ever were i saw that spock's brain had <laughs> had popped up on that episode uh, that list of episodes and so he loses his brain but his body can still talk is that it's still just around doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and at the same time, his brain is running a planet. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That sounds like a plot line from the show that I'm going to pick from, which is Futurama. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it does. Okay. Right? <laughs> and fudge. And okay. while Futurama uh, is sci-fi and has some levity to it, I think that I want to pick something that is soul crushingly depressing and makes you cry every time just to prove that, Sci-fi can be a home for comedy, but it can also help comedy kind of become something more poignant and dignified. Um, so I'm going to go with um, the episode that made you cry about a cartoon dog, which is Jur- oh. Jurassic Bark. Jurassic Bark was on my list. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I've been holding back on my Star Trek picks. Because I didn't want it to consume everything. It's only been 33% of your picks. It's, yeah, <laughs> but also, like, I figured you'd have some more in there, too. Like, I, I figured this would be a joint, unspoken effort to just not pick 10 Star Trek episodes. And It was Chris. real difficult. <laughs> yeah, so, but there's one that I just can't leave on the table any longer. Um, it's an episode from The Next Generation. Um, and it is an episode that shows us that what some things we consider to be our regrets, um, things we consider to be mistakes are made that we've made in the past, are the foundation of who we are as people. And as much regret as we might have about something, that regret changes us just as much as the thing that didn't happen or did happen. Told through the lens of traveling through time with Q. I'm taking Tapestry. Ah, uh, Tapestry. Cool. The My episode f- where Picard bangs a 17-year-old. <laughs> Is that the one well, with... A- one! <laughs> one! They both graduated Starfleet Academy, so I assume that she is not 17. She's the actress is 17. <laughs> <laughs> the, ca- the characters. Two, he is also age appropriate at the time, even though it is John Luke. It, it is it, it is, is uh, Patrick, it is Patrick Stewart, Stewart playing twenty year old Patrick Stewart. <laughs> so that's <laughs> awkward, admittedly. But man, a lot of these episodes don't sound so good from the outside, huh? It's, tapestry it's is one you can episode. jump into. Like is ta- legit. It's is great. Tapestry the one with Abraham Lincoln? No, no, that is an original series episode, which we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Hmm. Um. We won't see that episode. That episode's awful. <laughs> but uh, Tapestry does have one of my favorite bits where 
uh, Captain Picard wakes up in, you know, uh, just a white space, and Q's like, hey, you're dead. And it cuts, you know, the theme song. Uh, Picard just like, this isn't the afterlife. If the, the after, like, no god or benevolent force would allow my afterlife be hanging, like, being stuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, stark rebuke because you're here. Fuck yeah. off. Like, so, so let me uh, let me just pitch real quick uh, what that episode would be like on a, do- a different uh, television show that I'm rather fond of, okay. which is that um, Picard would wake up kind of groggily. He would look over. He would say, hey, you're dead now. And Picard would say, I'm not dead. Cut to the theme music. Picard is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's always Star Trek in sunny Philadelphia. <laughs> Oh, I would watch the one where Picard dies. <laughs> the one, per- yeah. I would watch an episode on the USS Philadelphia, where it's just this <laughs> shitty ship run by the shittiest crew. <laughs> we hope that's what Lower Decks is. <laughs> oh, oh, that might legitimately be what Lower Decks ends up being. Mm. <laughs> I do. I ah. Uh. I love that. Okay, that's great. Tapestries is a very good episode. Fuck, whoever um, is CBS responsible for Star Trek right now? Yes. Yeah. CBS, get Charlie Day in an episode of fucking Star Trek already. <laughs> I mean, he was good in... Uh, um, you think in Pacific Rim? Yes. He was very good in Pacific Rim. He was. He's good in everything he does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... We now have uh, two episodes of Star Trek on the list. I haven't picked one, and I'm starting to get itchy. So, uh, you've covered. You've got the best episode of Deep, Deep Space Nine. One of the better episodes of the Next Generation. I'm going to take it back to the original series, yeah. uh, and I'm taking Balance of Terror. Ah, it's such a good episode. It's the episode that introduces us to the Romulans. Uh, it is an episode where. Uh, Basically, everything you like about the the battle uh, in uh, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan and Star Trek VI uh, Undiscovered Country, they do it in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's the start of that. It is sub submarine fight in space. Yes. It's, it's amazing. So it's fantastic. And has a super sad sci-fi ending where they defeat the Romulan warbird and... Uh, Everything's going critical over there, and they call him over and are like, "Let us beam you out. Let you know. Let us save you." And the the uh, captain of the Romulan ship is like, "Nah, it's a bummer though. I feel like we would have been friends." And then they explode. <laughs> it is fantastic. It's amazing. I love it. It's a great episode. It's probably the best episode of the original series. Yeah. I'm sorry I cut you off. You were about to... I wanted to know... You said Tapestry was one of the best episodes of TNG. Yes. I feel like we're close to the honorable mentions, so we'll save it for that. Okay. But I really want to know... What I think is better than what, Tapestry? What your favorite episode of TNG is. Okay. I don't, I, know that, yeah. I don't know that as friends, this is a conversation that we've actually had. I don't know if we have either. Because I don't... I know I've been rather outspoken about my love of Tapestry. Yeah. And a couple of other episodes hmm. that I really like. Um... So I'm curious. We'll get to that. You've got one more pick, though. Real quick, though. Like, have we considered spinning our our single podcast here off into two separate podcasts? Um, one <laughs> Repeatedly. In, one in which uh, we all talk about Dune and the other in which we all talk about Star Trek? I, I mean, mean... It could just be a Patrick Stewart fan cast. I'd be down. <laughs> <laughs> he is... He is... The common element. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we are into round five. Yeah. He is our constant. One more pick each. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. This is the the draft where you guys have cannibalized my list the most. Um. Mm. You guys have. No, you guys have no. really picked a lot of stuff that uh, I consider to be some of my favorite episodes of sci-fi. I I legitimately had. About five of your picks were on my list, so I'm glad I I went deep on mine. Um, Now, Chris, you did come back at me saying you didn't think my episode of Battlestar Galactica was the best episode of of Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say I don't think, for as poignant as it is, I don't think Jurassic Bark is the best episode of Futurama. And while I love it, I'm going to go with what I think 
encapsulates uh, Futurama in all of its sciency silliness and shows what it can do better than any any other show of the same sci-fi genre. And I'm taking Roswell that ends well. The episode where Fry goes back in time and becomes his own grandfather. <laughs> and they decide, you know what? The universe didn't collapse. Fuck it, we're just getting out of here. We're not trying to preserve the time continuum anymore. Because if <laughs> Fry can be his own grandfather, clearly time doesn't give that much of a shit. <laughs> and so they attack, a, they attack an army base and shoot their way out of there. <laughs> Is that the... Um, fuck... That, no, I think it's a different episode. Um, is that the episode where they they go too far in the time machine that only goes forward? No, no, that is a different episode. <laughs> That's my favorite. My favorite thing about that episode about that episode is the professor who <laughs> he gets out of the time machine to kill Hitler, gets back in with a smile on his face, and they go through the other. They basically they go too far forward. They have to go through the big big bang again. And he's yeah. like, okay, don't, we don't just, just slow down. I'm going to take a Hitler out the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is another great episode. But uh, Roswell that ends well is the first time they do time travel. And I believe there's another time travel episode in between there where they, uh, they're talking about time travel. And the professor goes, what time travel? That's impossible. It's like, we did it before. Time, Fry became his own grandfather. <laughs> and Fry's like, I did do the nasty and the pasty. <laughs> and the professor is just like, what? No, I, I, I only remember time travel not being possible. <laughs> and it is their great way of like making fun of the people making fun of a cartoon show's time travel. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, it has Dr. Zoidberg being an alien autopsy uh participant who is just happy to be around people <laughs> like they unveil him inside of a metal cage he's like hey so what's everybody doing tonight i'm free it's like you're in a cage <laughs> mm. all this time travel talk has me thinking that i might change up my last pick here now i know i promised bacula we can do this all right. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to take Lee Harvey Oswald from Quantum Leap, uh, which was a two-parter. Um, and, they, you know, they did it 30 years after the assassination. And it is a fucking fantastic set of episodes um, with uh, the twist ending that no one was expecting. Uh, probably one of the best twists in all of time travel TV history. Um, that was on my list. Yeah. So are you familiar with the episode? I'm not. Okay. So and I also won't be able to watch it in between now and <laughs> when we record next. Uh, so go ahead and spoil it. Okay, cool. So um, the premise of Quantum Leap is uh, Scott Bakula is a scientist who invents time travel, but it doesn't work how they were expecting and he ends up switching minds with someone in the past. Okay. Does, does their mind go back to his? It does, which is actually a central plot point of this episode. Oh. There's also an episode where he changed places with a space monkey. Um, <laughs> a monkey, well, that's in the space program to, like, test stuff. Um, and that's really funny because he's a monkey walking around in a diaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we see, uh, typically he goes back to correct something wrong. Um, in the past that shouldn't have happened or to learn something about the past that is unknown in the future. Um, the series takes place in 1999, which was 10 years ahead of when it was airing. Um, and throughout the course of these two episodes, we get every single conspiracy theory mm-hmm. about Lee Harvey Oswald. Cause if he was sent back to prevent the assass- assassination of JFK, which he is clearly there to do as Lee Harvey Oswald, then if there was more than one shooter that renders that conspiracy invalid because he's only the one dude, Mm -hmm. you know, if it was a CIA operation and there were backup plans, all this stuff, all the conspiracy theories that were running around at that time frame, And so it tries to tackle that head on by maybe I'm here not to prevent the assassination, but to learn about the conspiracy or to do something else. And so he goes through these two episodes and at a certain point, 
He kills Oliver Stone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Stone made JFK. Okay, which, yeah. yeah. What a, what a, what an M Night Shyamalan twist. So. Uh, he he goes into Lee Harvey Oswald's body a couple of times. He like jumps around from ten years before the assassination to a couple months before to the day of, and at the last possible moment, um, he leaps out of Lee Harvey. He doesn't control the leaping, right? Mm-hmm. And so they've been trying to uh, like he something's wrong with this leap. Uh, where he doesn't have full control over the body like normal. Like, parts of Lee Harvey have stayed mm-hmm. in the past, and just, like, parts of Sam have stayed in the future. So there's something weird going on, and he doesn't always have control over what's going on. And so he's not sure that he's going to be able to prevent the assassination. At the last minute, he leaps into one of JFK's bodyguards, mm-hmm. um, and Lee Harvey Oswald kills the president, and it then takes us you know, to the hospital where everyone's at and, uh, Sam and Al, who is his like time traveling companion that no one else can see who Al, Al is, um, uh, fucking what's his name for Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Right? Cavill. Cavill. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Are having a conversation and he's all like, you probably didn't remember, uh, because Wait, of all Cavill? of the, yeah. Who's Cavill? Isn't that, isn't that the, the name, his name? Yeah. Who's Cavill? I don't remember Cavill. Cavill is like the older model of the Cylons. Well, he's not. Yes. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 <clears throat> he's like the more the sterner. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he's yes, like yes. model one or yeah. model two. Um. Well, not counting the. F- Anyways, so, um, he's like you probably didn't remember, uh, with all the jumping around, but you did change the past. You saved Jackie. Hmm. And in that timeline, originally. Lee Harvey Oswald had killed everyone in the car. And so he actually did go back and change the past to what how we, we what we remember. And it's super cool. It's like this throwaway line at the very end. And he's just like, huh? And you're just like, what? And I've literally got goosebumps talking about it right now. <laughs> it's true. He does. <laughs> um, it's great. One of the best twists. Wow. Fantastic. I knew it was coming before I had ever seen the episode. And I still was just, like, floored by it. Yeah, the twist is he changed history to be how we remember it. Yeah. Wow. Well. Yeah, top that, Chris. I mean, that's a twist. Um, And I think maybe the only way to top that is by inserting a twist of my own. (gasps) Okay. And I'm not talking about some sort of sexy move. But might you be? (laughs) Um, so I have been watching a little bit of Star Trek. Okay. Not, not a lot. Um, and I've decided I'm going to start with TNG. Right? All right. Okay. Good. Good place. Um, so I'm a couple episodes in and I decided that I wanted to pick something that, um, was clearly one of the better episodes of that series, uh, and something that spoke to me. Um, so I wanted kind of a combination, right? Like I understand that there are episodes of TNG that are kind of universally appreciated. I didn't want to go for one of those. I wanted for something that was, you know, like considered one of the better episodes and also spoke to me as a person and my interests. Right. Okay. And so I'm thinking to myself, what are my interests? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I really like Scotland. Okay. Um, oh, no. I'm a big fan of dead ants. Oh no! Uh, Ants. Grand- grandmothers, I guess. Oh yeah. no! Dead- oh no! Oh no! Chris, um, Chris, <laughs> have you seen this this lovely new candle I've got? Oh, oh no! Did I light my candle? <laughs> God, Chris. Um, so I'm going to go for the episode of the Next Generation that, to my knowledge, has the sexiest ghost. I think. I think it's, yeah, the sexiest ghost in, uh, in TNG. <laughs> the sexiest ghost in TNG. I'm going for Sub Rosa. So, quick story here. <laughs> I did not like TNG as a kid, but that was because I was catching it in reruns. And out of the first, like, five episodes of The Next Generation I watched, three of them were Sub Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> and... I was still too young to, like, really get, like, understand that I had watched the same episode again, and I thought Star Trek The Next Generation was some (laughs) kind of 
Dr. Quinn medicine woman Harlequin space sci-fi travel show where Dr. Crusher goes from planet to planet <laughs> fucking candles. <laughs> Sometimes like, you just gotta fuck a candle, Ben. Well, it's just like, this seems like a mom show. Why is it like, a, a, why is it a nerd dad show? <laughs> I don't understand. This doesn't seem like Something like the nerd kids at school should be enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to talk honorable mentions because oh, I got boy. a big old list. Yeah. Um. So, I want to give a shout out to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I did not draft. Um. Once more with feeling or hush were both on my list. Both fantastic episodes of television. Not really science fiction. Um. So I will save those for another day. Um, I'm sure we'll do a TV episode, bottle episode draft at some point where I'll be able to get something along those lines. We could probably do a Joss Whedon TV draft. Mm. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so besides that, uh, yesterday's Enterprise TNG. That's a good one. Is that your favorite? Uh, no, actually. Okay. Uh, do you want to keep guessing or do you want me to just tell you? <laughs> Is it uh, Inner Light? No, uh that one, so after uh, Best of Both Worlds, yeah. they, they examine how just insane being a billion people for a couple of days has just like how it has pushed Picard to the brink. Yeah, you're talking about brothers? No, because uh, they that's never, well, episode. they never, after the inner light, deal with the fact that he has now lived another man's entire life. Mm-hmm. And just like, hey, you're going to need like counseling every day just to unpack that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's fair. You fell asleep for 15 minutes and lived, you know, 70 years of another man's life while you watched your planet die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Inner Light's good. It's not one of my favorites, but it is one of the most loved episodes of TNG. Yeah. And I understand why. It's just not me for me, really. Yeah. Uh, my favorite episode of TNG is The Drumhead. Okay. Uh, it is about uh, trying so hard to find enemies everywhere that you make your friends enemies. And uh, somebody who is so dedicated to trying to find conspiracies that they manufacture them. And it's really, really cool. Yeah. So far, it's my good. favorite TNG episode is... Sub Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm anticipating that it will be Sub Rosa. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I also had another DS9 episode that I didn't take, Far Beyond the Stars. Great episode. Yeah. Um, Chris, that one's fun because it takes the entire premise of the show and frames it as a serial written in the 1960s. (laughs) And it's all about, like, the authors of sci-fi serials. And it's about racism. And it's a fantastic episode. And I love it when shows blow up their own premise. And you get to see all of the actors outside of their alien makeup. And some of, like, I realized I did not know what Michael Dorn looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you just kind of figured. Who's who's this other giant man who's hanging around? It's like, oh, that's Michael Dorn without an extra foot of head. <laughs> yeah, you, you just figured that he walked around his day-to-day with a giant... No, I just re- <laughs> didn't know what he looked like. <laughs> and then I have this giant chunk of, like, ten more honorable mentions, but they all have something in common, which is that they are all very recent. Oh, okay. We are in the middle of a renaissance of science fiction television right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to take any of these because they haven't stood the test of time really haven't had the chance to age um the oldest i mean the most rather the most recent thing i picked was uh from 2007 on my list Mm -hmm. um so i tried to stay away from anything in the current decade which does not apply to anything i'm about to read off right now Um, we've got raiders of the lost art from legends of tomorrow where they go back in time and accidentally cause george lucas to not make star wars and indiana jones which then turns them all into not superheroes because none of them were inspired to do things oh that's really cool (laughs) um (laughs) chapter seven of legion which is uh one of the capstone episodes where they finally kind of like get to ahead of what's going on and the main character's inner psyche manifests as a character who's a professor and goes over the plot of the entire previous episodes so that you actually understand what's going on. (laughs) Um, Legion, once again, 
watch that shit. It's fantastic. Um, if the stars should appear from the Orville, um, which is from their first season and one of their stronger episodes, magic to make the sanest man, sanest man go mad from Star Trek Discovery. Oh, that is such a great episode. Fantastic fucking episode. <laughs> and then just blanket all my favorite episodes of Black Mirror. Um, <laughs> uh, White Bear, San Junipero, Hated in the Nation, Black Museum, Hang the DJ or my top five there. I almost just drafted five Black Mirror episodes. Um, but then I remembered that there's actually enough episodes of that show for us to just do a Black Mirror draft if we want. I have not um, watched any of it yet. Oh my God, Chris, what? I got halfway through the episode about pig fucking. <laughs> just skip that one. It's the worst episode. <laughs> well, it's one of the, there's a couple that are just not good. And that is, in my opinion, one of them. But holy shit, Chris, you need to watch Black Mirror. I just, there was just so much stuff going on about clones and robots that I just didn't get it. Oh, no, I watched Dwarf in Black. That's oh, that, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I was just Different waiting show. for, when's the anthology stuff going to start? They've got the same characters. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you guys, I had a, a, a pretty deep list here, and we, you guys pulled pretty heavily from it. I, you know, I... Could have also gone with the train job for Firefly, but I decided to go with Out of Gas. Um, uh, the Drumhead from TNG, uh, The Visitor from Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. I could, you could pick the first five episodes of season four of Deep Space Nine and have it be <laughs> a pretty great uh, <laughs> sci-fi episodes draft. Yeah, um, there is a lot of really good stuff there. There are a lot of Futurama episodes that I would have been very, very happy with. Um, but I think we covered a lot of it, uh, yeah. and I'm I'm really glad I got uh, to serve man on there because uh, the Twilight Zone deserves to be represented on this list. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. And uh, to speak of Futurama, I very nearly went with Luck of the Fryrish, which I consider like just like a great episode of TV. That is a great episode. Um, it's another episode that like you're like. Shut up! Why I'm like I'm not crying over a cartoon. You're crying over a cartoon. A cry, a cartoon. The premise of which is a kid finds a seven leaf clover. Like, <laughs> why am I crying about this? Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh. Uh. What was the name of that episode of two episodes ago? Discovery. Oh. Um. We're. I'm ahead. You're behind. The well, there was the one that came out this week, and then the one from last week. Oh, uh, the time crystal one. Yeah. Um, that was fantastic. Yeah, that one almost made me cry. Uh, uh, they, yeah, that was, oh, that, that episode was so good. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't airing two weeks ago, it would have made my honorable mention list. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think through the Valley of Shadows. For every, uh, show that I went with, <clears throat> there was another episode that really, like, I almost had to go with, um, like, any episode of Cowboy Bebop could have been on this list, and I would have been happy. Um, Cowboy Bebop, though, I think you need to pick one from when the whole crew is there. Even, I, I mean, I, yeah. The I, first couple of episodes. Well, I mean, Ein doesn't first, come in. and Ein comes Ed, up in episode two. Yeah, Ein's Ed, episode two. Ed, uh, Faye is episode, like, three or four. And then Ed is like episode eight or nine, I want to say. Yeah. Without having seen it in years. It's they add everybody and then they take them away. And I feel like you want to go through something in the middle where they're all there just to get the flavor of the show. But yeah, kind of. But but even like the very first episode just stylistically is so great. Oh, yeah. Um, it's got like, like if you were to take the uh, full soundtrack from, uh, uh, from Cowboy Bebop, pick like your three favorite songs, chances are one of those songs was in the first episode. They just started off so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? There was one, one more I was going to throw an honorable mention to. Right. Um, Jafer uh, picked the constant from lost. I think there's probably like we could, <laughs> assuming that Ben could, could watch enough episodes of lost to then be able to pick. And I could watch, the last couple of seasons and finally finished lost. We could do a lost draft on our own. Um, I love that show so much. Uh, I almost picked, um, greatest hits, which is Charlie's last episode. Um, so Ben, if you decide to watch lost in the future, now I know that Charlie dies. 
well, you can pretty much guess that most people die. Um, but just don't watch, just don't look at the episode titles beforehand <laughs> and you won't know when it's coming. Uh, but yeah. There, there, there's a, a fair amount more honorable mentions that we could make, but you guys nailed a lot of the, the big ones and I don't want to kind of keep droning on about it, so... Thanks, as always, to the Kickstand Band for our theme song, How It Feels. You can find their music at thekickstandband.bandcamp.com. And feel free to shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse@gmail.com. Uh, let us know what uh, sci-fi episodes you like. Join the conversation with us, facebook.com slash drafttheuniverse. Of course, you can also get us on Twitter at drafttheverse. Either platform, use the hashtag draftthe... Oh, fuck. On either ha- platform, use the hashtag draftttheuniverse. And if you like the show... Tell your friends about us. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Would you kindly? Now, <laughs> Chris, Chris, I, I thought we were over this. Would you kindly not do that bit anymore? Chris, would you kindly keep doing that bit? Chris, would you kindly not do that bit anymore? Chris, ben, would, would you, you kindly ki- not talk to Chris? <laughs> <laughs> See you we'll next see time, you. Internet. Would you kindly stop fucking with my mind? <laughs> So, Chris, did you hear about how they went about deciding who the, the final four Cylons were? No, I didn't. So they did a, uh, a poll of all of the uh, people in the writer's room to figure out who they think should be the last four hidden Cylons, mm-hmm. and it was a tie. Oh, God. For a second, I thought you weren't. Should have known better. <laughs> never trust a Ben when there's like pun in he's arms never, reach. He's never told me a single thing. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think that Ben is about to tell me one unpunified fact, he doesn't. No. <laughs>